Hello and welcome to the After Credibles, the weekly movie discussion podcast where the least credible people you know discuss everything in the world of cinema. My name is Charlie Rogers and today on the show we have Alex Conway, Zach Darrick and a newcomer to the show, Andrew Medanzik. Andrew is a longtime friend who I've always enjoyed chatting to about the latest and greatest movies. Thanks for coming on guys. Yeah, no worries. Good to be here. Cool. All good, man. Hola. <laughs> so Alex, Zach, and Andrew have kindly agreed to come on the podcast today to help me tackle the behemoth that is this week's movie review, Avengers Infinity War. Zach, can you say Avengers Infinity War in an epic voice for me? Uh, I could try. I could try. Hang about. Let me uh, let me get into character. It's I, I need to do a weird thing with my face to be able to uh, do the voice. Uh, so luckily you can't see that, but and in fact, luckily nobody can at the moment. But uh, <clears throat> just give me a sec. Avengers Infinity War. Was that what you? Was that was that the kind of thing you're after? Ooh, I got chills. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> So, before we begin, I'm going to say again that this review contains spoilers. Big spoilers. Zach, can you please say beware spoilers in your epic voice? Watch out, ye listeners. Beware. There be spoilers ahead. Wow. Well, thank you, Zach. Disney... (laughs) Thank you for going above and beyond. Disney have been going crazy trying to ensure that it is really hard to find large spoilers or plot synopses on the internet. I don't know about you guys, but I found it fairly difficult to find a plot recap that didn't kind of get taken down soon after. Um, it's a difficult world right now to find out what's going on in the world of Avengers without walking into the movie theater. In fact, I actually have some funny trivia for you guys regarding Avengers spoilers. The Russo brothers who directed the film tried to keep leaks from occurring during production. And it turns out that the script leaks have been fairly common with Marvel movies, whether deliberate or accidental. And to try to mitigate this issue, the Russo brothers wrote fake scripts and handed them out to their own cast. And according to the brothers, every cast member got a uniquely fake script with the severity of fakeness increased for the cast members who had leaked the most in the past. So guys, I want you to have a guess at which Marvel Cinematic Universe cast member got the, the fakest script. Was it Spider-Man? It's Tom Holland, isn't it? I'm going to say Chris Pratt. It's got to be Chris Pratt. No, it was Tom Holland, MCU's Spider-Man. Apparently he has, according to the... Russo Brothers, Tom's had a couple of slip-ups in the past. He's on the blacklist now. We wrote fake scripts. We wrote a really fake script for Tom Holland. I would pay good money to find out what was in this fake script. Probably a script where he didn't die in the end. Oh, <laughs> God. Andy! Fucking shots Andy. fired. Hey, we, we already had the spoiler <laughs> warning. <laughs> Holy so, shit. So this All this right. was just a well and truly, you know. Yeah. Reinforced. Well, now the... we, we know now. <laughs> Absolutely. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. To feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses. And get this man a shield. Alright, so quickly, the plot. 
After the events of the recent Marvel movies, most notably Thor Ragnarok, Thanos is finished with screwing around. After 10 years worth of movies, he hasn't got a single Infinity Stone. So he takes matters into his own hand, or more appropriately, his own gauntlet, and he powers throughout the universe gathering the stones, while Earth's mightiest heroes do their best to keep him from achieving his goal. So the stakes are high. If he gets all six stones, he can theoretically wipe out the universe with the click of a finger. So... (laughs) That was the basic premise of the movie, but at a fast pace and two and a half hours, a lot does happen. Did I miss anything, guys? Is there anything of note that we should we should tell everyone before we get going? Yeah, it was a good intro. I liked. Yeah, it was good. I'd just like to point out that I think it was it was fine. It was fine. It was convenient for them to not, you know, give Spider-Man any uh any like the actual script. Because thanks to the nature of his characterization and his lines and everything, like he didn't need to know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, I had a feeling, like, and, and that that actually really puts me in a, a strange mind. Um, apparently, none of the ca- uh, cast members knew what was going on, which I guess makes sense. Um, and, and I guess it, it is must be such a part of it that there's so much CGI in the movie that you can probably get away with having the last twenty minutes practically unrecognizable to characters who i don't know who haven't been in the script yeah you're yeah i think you're right yeah can we clarify when you say they all got different scripts was that yeah for avengers 3 and 4 because i know they were shot you know back to back at the same oh, time that's a good point that's a good that point. is a good point so I was, that, imagine- was that for the whole because i think when the russo brothers talk about it when they talk about it in interviews it's like they they refer to it as one movie almost yeah, they do, and it, it. I don't know. I I am assuming that is the case. I'm assuming that they got either one big script or two scripts, and they both had fake stuff in them. That's great. The amount of effort. So actually, yeah, he's writing these fake scripts. Yeah, I know. I I want to read them. Like I can't wait for the fake script where the Avengers beat him in a line dance competition, or even the Macarena, or or or, or this is what I actually want to see. I want to see a an Avengers Human Centipede crossover where all of Earth's mightiest heroes are turned into one hero. So actually, there is something I did miss. Uh, in case you were wondering, as per our After Credibles Avengers trope, I'm just going to get this out of the way. No, Ant-Man does not feature in this movie, and he does not stop Thanos from putting the final gem into, the, into his gauntlet like I so desperately hoped. So if anyone was waiting for the Ant-Man moment... I, and I truly was. I was actually sitting in my seat almost, like, with my clutching, clutching the... Um, the armrests hoping that he would be there because i had i don't know i must have built it up so much in my head yeah he, he didn't even get like a <sighs> didn't even get a luke skywalker the force awakens moment oh you're so right can i ask you a personal question charlie um did you take any ants into the cinema <laughs> you know i love my popcorn too much to share it with ants zach no, I know, but I mean, like, I mean, like, in a sealed vial, like you like to carry around or whatever. Do you know when Ant Man came out? I actually considered doing that, <laughs> and that is, and that is all I will say on the matter. Yes, I remember you saying that. Oh my goodness. Oh no. That's a yes. That's a yes. Wasn't it, wasn't it the, <laughs> yeah, the, the the ant farm? There's verification. That you talked about. Yeah, yeah. I had an ant farm. I had a queen that was a couple of years old, and now that's in the open. Would you have taken the queen by herself or the whole colony? <laughs> The whole colony. I, it, it's just too much to bring just the queen. Oh, man. I know. And they were green ants too. So if they got out, there'd be some pretty um, pretty angry people around. Yeah, there'd be people going, going <laughs> ah, around the cinema. Uh, that could make a Not The Onion article, I swear. 
Okay. <laughs> Back to the task at hand. Guys, I'm happy to start off the discussion by giving a very quick summary about what I basically thought about it and the basically what I think it overcame. I thought balancing this many headline characters was always going to be a very difficult challenge. Some would say an unprecedented challenge. And the scale of the movie and the stars, I feel like it is so enormous compared to the previous Marvel Ensemble movies. And having said that, I feel the movie, it did pretty well. I I enjoyed it. It flowed relatively well. And I was pretty engaged throughout most of the film. So I liked it. Zach? Um, Yeah, I'll tell you what. um, For me, uh, like I, I know very little, if I'm being honest, about the Marvel Universe. Um, like obviously I've watched all the movies um, and whatnot, but like the whole backstory, I, I know basically nothing about. So for me, Thanos was always like, um, it was always like, you know, each movie was like, oh, you know, we've got the biggest threat ever to face humanity. You know, we've got to overcome this threat right now. And this is the biggest, baddest guy ever. And then like, you know, that inevitably defeat the bad guy and everything be happy. And, you know, and then like at the, after the credits, you know, you'd have this weird little cutaway with some like purple existential threat of this like even bigger batter guy who was you know somewhere out there coming so i had i had no like knowledge about thanos or anything like that about his backstory or his motivations anything any i had fucking nothing uh so i I, I came into this movie with that just having watched all the previous movies just as like popcorn you know all big action sequences movies and so then i watched this and man i fucking like against against all my expectations and you know i feel i I, i'm disappointed in myself that i enjoyed this film because you know it would be it would be cool for me to say that it was a piece of shit but i like despite myself i genuinely enjoyed this film and i enjoyed the film because of the villain because of the villain was actually the hero. I love that. Uh, well, now, now we'll get we'll get into that a bit later because I know you're going to get a bit meta on us over that. Uh, now, so that's actually really interesting because I'm really happy to know that we have someone on here who who isn't really ultra adept at the Marvel universe. I thought that would be. I, I always wanted to know what someone would say if they hadn't really watched many or all of the Marvel films. Conversely, Alex, you actually quite enjoy your comics quite a bit so as someone who does understand the lore of the comics and has watched all the movies what did you think i'd love to hear no it's good it is surprisingly good it shouldn't work for 30 characters on the screen at once but it's works i don't know how the hell they worked it out but it's good they split everybody up into small teams set them off in the different directions and it works like everybody every plot Every character has, like, a B-plot. It's like, you know how in Friends there's always that main story, then Joey or somebody goes off and has an adventure by himself with somebody else. It is eight of them going on. And it works. It fucking works. Like, it's insane how it works. It shouldn't work. But it's good. Like, it is It is a really... It's a solid movie. Like, and it's fast. Like, really fast-paced. Um, and funny, like it holds up, the laughs are really good and it doesn't have like this same sort of like pathos, I don't know, I'm not saying that right, where it's like, where it's a sad moment, but they undercut it with a joke when it's sad, it's really heartbreaking and sad. And it's like, has really touching tender moments. So, and Andy, what did you think? I I thought it was a great movie and I just, I think it's, all down to, and it's going to sound silly, but it is down to Marvel. I think the way that they picked the Russo brothers who directed Captain America 2 and 3, which I think are easily 
the two most critical acclaimed movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So getting them to to actually do their big movie, I think that definitely showed that they were probably the ones to, you know, actually take this on. If they got another director, it might have been too much comedy, you know, which is definitely an angle they've gone for in some of the later ones, like Guardians and Thor Ragnarok, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But this this movie would definitely not have worked as a flat-out comedy like those movies were. So I think they got the best directors from what they've had so far, and they just they smashed it. They smashed it. Definitely. So, so you guys have said some interesting things, uh, and there are some common threads about what uh, through what you've said uh, between the three of you. And I want to go back to them. The humor, it is really interesting, isn't it? What I noticed, especially with Avengers one and two that were done by Joss Whedon, the humor didn't. It, it, it seems like it was like a, a proper movie with humor tacked on every now and then, which seems a lot like his mo um, in in the kind of in the Buffy verse and all this kind of stuff. But the thing about the humor in this was I think it actually flowed in with the movie extremely well. And I, 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 what I was most impressed with was how the guardians of the galaxy, who I think you would, could probably say are the least straight faced and most kooky part of the universe. They didn't just lo- they didn't lump them in for a few laughs. They were actually like interweaved through almost all of the stories that were going through throughout the whole movie. And their humor really seamlessly, in my opinion, flowed into with all the other characters um, and, and all the events. And I thought that was a huge achievement. And, and it really it really gave a great sense of fun to almost every element of like as the movie was going through, there was always a, a genuinely funny joke that was well timed, well acted and well written. And I thought that was really good. Yeah, it was good. They left like the funny parts for Guardians and Thor because they're now known as like the funny parts. Um, yeah, they kept them there. They had Spider-Man do his stick, which is Spider-Man's stick. But um, yeah, they kept like Captain America was very straight edge and everybody else is straight normal by the books. But people who had to were the comic entertainment were comic entertainment and they worked really well. Like Drax was... Oh, insanely funny! Like, wasn't he a standout? He he had me he had me dying of laughter through the whole movie. <laughs> Before we move on, I just want to come back. I just want to put my two cents in for the humor thing. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like with regards to humor, they did a perfect job because uh, it would have been such a complex task balancing all these different characters who all have different sort of like levels and types of humor in their individual movies. And they seemed to have been able to balance them and get them spot on, like in the collective movie. Like, you know, at, at like one end of the extreme, yeah, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy and they're all like, you know, really funny and like, and they, and they, and they managed to pull that off. And then, like, you know, towards the other end of the extreme, you've got like, you know, Wakanda and everyone there's like, the humor's there, like, it's very laconic and, um, you know, very like, you know, sparse, uh, but still there. And so, yeah, every, I think everything, every, like, each individual's character's humor was still there in the right proportions, which it must have been terribly hard to try to sort out. Very, very well written. I just wanted to add on that we talked about the Guardians being such an important part to the story, even though their previous movies have been, you know, more slapstick funny. But it probably was the character that had the most, you know, personal tie to the villain was from the Guardians. It was Gamora and and Nebula to a lesser extent. But I was saying something about the slapstick in Guardians. Yes, it is sort of funny, but Guardians two, like I rewatched that. I watched. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Doctor Strange because it was just on Netflix before like 
a couple of days leading up. But like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is really emotionally charged. And it's like I was reading a thing on James Gunn and he said it's pretty much people with trauma who have had trauma in their lives just dealing with that and coming together as a family. And I rewatched it with that in mind and it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty heartbreaking and horrible. I also rewatched it, and um, I, I, I rewatched the first uh, two thirds, and I, I couldn't finish the end before the before I watched Infinity War. But what I what I also found was, yeah, there were a lot. I don't know. I I, I actually I, there's a lot of heart in it. Yeah, it is, and and there's a lot of like there are a lot of down moments in it. But also, I I actually think that the Guardians were funnier in Infinity War. Their jokes were just better. It just it just so seamlessly flowed in through the through whatever scene they were in. And it, it did a it did a great job at just lifting specific scenes and, and I don't know just getting yeah. everyone involved in a big laugh. It was it was one of the better moments in the cinema. I think laughing with everyone at these outrageous jokes that were being made. <laughs> hey, hey guys, sorry, I I, inter- I I interrupted you guys for moving on to Drax. Yep. So Zach, who was your favorite character? Did you have one? Yeah, I definitely had a favorite character. My favorite character was Thanos. Oh, I'm I'm agreed there. So okay, so let's talk about Thanos then because. There have been a few criticisms leveled at Marvel movies in the past, and one of the most common ones is that the villains are always forgettable. And no more um, is that true. Where, like, I rewatched the first Iron Man, I completely forgot that Obadiah Stane was the bad guy. You just completely forget who half of these villains are when you rewatch the movie. Um, oh, see, I thought he was one of the more. I thought it was one of the more memorable villains. Oh no, he was great, but I mean, it, it was made ten years ago, so somewhere along the line, you just kind of forget because because beyond their death in whatever movie they're they're in or, or incarceration or whatever, they never have an impact. They never have a lasting impact, or sometimes they do through the through the behind the scenes. But yeah, the villains are normally just pretty much the exact same as the hero, just with a bigger suit. Like you look at Ant Man, Iron Man. Uh, even Captain America, Hulk, mm-hmm. they're all, like, all the villains are exactly the same as the hero with the same suit. That's actually that's actually a very good observation. I hadn't thought about that, but it is really true. So what do you guys think? Let's go one at a time, but uh, I'll, go, I'll do you last, Zach. But Thanos, does he break this Avengers kind of mold where the villain is easily forgettable? Andy? I thought, and again, I wasn't a huge Marvel comic reader, so I didn't know much about Thanos. And even in the movies, he's said like a few words. He hasn't appeared much. But that opening scene where he comes in and he just beats down Hulk in like 20 seconds. And throughout the whole MCU, we've thought, wow, Hulk is like the biggest, the strongest, maybe next to Thor. Like when he gets angry, no one's going to get in his way. And then boom, Thanos takes him down, you know, so easily. So I thought, what an introduction. Oh, yeah. Like, we really know how powerful this guy is. He, he really sets the tone from the very get-go, doesn't he? He, 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 he breaks into the, the um, ship of um, refugees from uh, where Thor lives. And as far as we know, everyone's dead. Uh, I, think, I think Thor mentioned half of the people died, but we just don't know yet. Um, so there are some big big character deaths in the first 10 minutes and that really take it really it really stops everyone in their tracks in the cinema right from the get-go it would have been nice if they just added on a couple of minutes and showed what went down when they i don't know docked the ship did he kill half and sent the other half away or what happened i didn't mind it i think i think i think leaving it 
leaving it open has got me thinking even more because it's made me reflect on the characters that may be dead and I have no idea. Like Korg. Korg was so funny and he might just be gone. <laughs> or or the Valkyrie. Like they must have evacuated or something. But I, I, I like the idea that there's actually not much to know just yet. I, I, there's something fun about being in the dark. Alex, what do you think of Thanos? You are our resident yeah. comic guy. So does he live up? Um, Jeez, I haven't read Infinity Gauntlet in... Yeah, in a long time, but he's good. He's a good psychopath. Like, he just can't be reasoned with. He can be talked to, and he has this weird sort of glint in his eye and a smile and can be empathetic at the same time, so he's a psychopath. Um, talking about... Yeah, well, when you guys were talking about, like, how half were gone, that's sort of how you look back... When he does like his, um, when he has that memory of him holding Gamora when there was heaps little, how he kills half the people on the planet and like half of his planet was going to die and he wipes out the half of like the universe in a click of his fingers. So maybe that's why he's letting, let half people go on the ship. Oh, oh, so you think that might've been an act of mercy. That is interesting. That is kind of what his whole what his whole shtick is, that he wants to save the universe and that's how he thinks he's going to do it. You know, it's overpopulation. He wants to, you know. Now, after Alex calling him a psycho and Andy saying that, I think this is the perfect time, Zach, for you to come in and tell us your thoughts on Thanos because I know you have some stronger thoughts on him. Yeah, look, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, he's definitely the best character as far as I'm concerned in the movie. And it's because he's such a break, as you said. It's such a break from the the Marvel norm where the bad guy is just always some evil dude, you know, some two dimensional evil character who, you know, they're just, they're just evil. And they're like, you know, all their motivations are self-serving and all that sort of stuff. Thanos is this dude, um, you know, he's, he's met, he's meant to be like the, you know, the villain, the evil character, but he's got more than two dimensions. His motivations are altruistic. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was awesome. You know, Tell me about how he's altruistic. Where's your logic? I want to hear. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like you know uh, Malthusian sort of like theory and stuff like that um, uh, with with regards overpopulation. Um, and if you guys, if 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 anyone, if anyone, if any of our you know three friends who listen to this uh, has not seen <laughs> the British TV show Utopia yet, mm-hmm. um, you should definitely oh, watch yeah. it because it's along it's it's along exactly the same lines. Um, it's like, it's, you know, the idea that we're on a planet with finite resources and yet for the last, you know, 10,000 years, the human population has been like the, the population curve has been the, the archetype of exponential, um, you know, it's unsustainable and what's going to happen. It's either we're ended for a place where we've got like, you know, we, we have wars for resources and everyone like everyone is subject to intense suffering and, you know, like half the population dies anyway, or we can be smart about it and we can, you know, uh, sort of try to control the process in a bit. And Thanos, he wants to do it. He wants to do it in a fair way. He wants it to be random. You know, he wants it to be painless. Um, and, you know, the Avengers, they're fighting for a world that if you take it to its logical conclusion, it's going to end up with people, with the same amount of people dying, just being subject to horrible suffering. So in this film, Thanos is the hero and the Avengers are the villains. And I love that. I heard, I actually read, I, I, I went into a discussion about uh, the movie Infinity War the day I watched it. 
And what a lot of people were indeed saying was this is a Thanos movie. It's a Thanos-based movie. A lot of the things are from his point of view. They obviously did a lot of stuff, um, a lot of scenes, not just flashbacks, but even having one of the climactic fights on his home planet that had since died off. A lot of things to really get his point of view across. And I think it does a really good job of adding layers to him as a character. Mm. What about you guys? Yeah, well, I've always been a fan of the idea that a movie is only as good as its villain. And that's definitely something that recurs, especially now in this golden age of superhero movies where there's so many DCU and MCU movies. And a lot of them, a lot of them fall flat because the villains are just, the villains are just, oh, I'm a big blue guy or purple guy and I've got this laser that's going to blow up the world. And it's just repetitive. So this was a refreshing take. And Thanos and Josh Brolin were brilliant in the movie which is probably what elevates it so much as well. Now, I have one question for you guys, and this is just a little off offhand. In the trailer where he says, this puts a smile on my face, did he actually say that during the movie? I don't think so. I don't... I was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for him to do yeah, this evil... he does the whole... This puts a smile on what my is it, face. Like fun, and he didn't. Fun isn't one, something one considers when balancing the universe, but this... Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't think I remember I, seeing that. I, I, you know what? I feel I feel cheated. I feel cheated. And and this is coming from a guy who didn't get Ant-Man, and I still feel cheated over that. I wanted- no, you know, you know I, f- I feel like that was an intentional fakie to make you think that this is another Marvel film with some evil bad guy who takes pleasure in other people's sufferings. And, and so and so you go into that movie expecting that, and then you're hit in the face with this fucking evil guy who's trying to prevent suffering. So, guys, um, look, we've said enough about how the movie is good. Is there anything in there, no matter how small? Let's nerd out now and do that thing that nerds do so well and complain about the little things that don't actually matter to normal people. Do you have anything like that? Was there a moment in the movie where you kind of thought, oh, well, that was a bit dumb or, you know, if it weren't such a good movie, I'd probably get a bit iffy on that? Yeah, I I do have one at least. I thought that Red Skull was shoehorned in. Yeah, it was very odd, wasn't yes, it? Yes, although, yes. Although no, I kind of liked it. I know, it's, it's like, die. oh, like... Yeah. Never yeah, did. but did they actually get... Was it Hugo Weaving yeah, that I think it was. came back, or was it a different... No, they didn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah, look, Hugo Weaving Hugo Weaving needs needs to pay for food like anyone else. But he, but he, he wasn't even in it. They got another oh, yeah, guy but, to portray yeah. Hugo Weaving portraying Red Skull. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> what? No way. No, no, no for way. real, man. That's what I wondered, like, because it's been it's been like seven or eight years since Captain America. So, I mean, in real and Hugo life, Weave, and I know yeah. it's been like. And Hugo Weaving has a great ability to be in huge budget movies and then shit off the director by by trash talking the movie just before the next one's coming out, like he did with the Terminator as well. Oh no, sorry, Lady did with Transformers as well. I was gonna say, and I love Hugo. I love Hugo. Oh, I love him too. I think he's a great oh, actor. God, yeah. Um, and I, he was really good in Captain America: The First Avenger, but. It was kind of just like, why? Why is he here? <laughs> yeah, it was all a bit strange. I mean, it makes, well, it doesn't make sense, but it is explainable. Like, he never died. The Tesseract just shot him into the universe. You know what? It's, it's in Captain America. It's like getting a Lando Bloom into the Hobbit yeah, trilogy. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. That's a fair comparison. It's, it's like, oh, we need, we need a familiar face, and he's not actually going to add much to the plot. We really could have had anyone. Hey, I, I'm sorry. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta disagree with that. Is the goddamn Prince of Mirkwood. Of course he's going to be around. 
Alex, what about you? Did Was there anything that you liked or didn't like? I've only watched it once. I'm probably going to go see it again this week. But, like, nothing really jumps out as bad or, like, irritated me. Like, length, time length, because I had to go take a break in between. Like, it would be nice if they gave me an intermission. But, um... But... <laughs> No, like nothing really jumping out. Like, for what they had to do, I I can can't blame them for the time, time length. But it's pretty solid. Like I didn't mind the Red Skull appearance just because. Cool. Who else are they gonna put there to explain what they gotta do, and why they gotta do it? So yeah, it was fine. In some ways, I thought Red Skull. I mean, he's he's a he's an iconic comic book villain, right? Yes, he is. Like, probably one of my favorite Captain America villains. And I, f- I feel like, yeah, I, I, I understand that it seems shoehorned in, and I agree. But from a point of view that a great villain deserves a bit of screen time, a bit more than he gets for God in that one movie. Um, yeah, he's you know, pretty average in that movie. Yeah. Um, Zach, um, how about you? Anything you didn't like? Look, uh, for me, the worst part of Avengers Infinity War was the worst thing about it was the fact that it was a Marvel film. Okay? So, no, like, okay, that sounds, that sounds like a wanky thing to say. You're but a let DC fanboy. Yeah. No, no, no. No. Let me try to... Let, let me try... Let me try to extrapolate that. Let me try to extrapolate that out. So what I mean by that is it was a good... It was a good action film, right? Um, but yeah, like... I think the worst part about it was that uh, I went into it uh, with the expectation that it was going to be another another Marvel film, and I've been so, you know, uh, disillusioned and you know like uh, overburdened with Marvel films. Just like there's so many, and they're all just the same film, just with you know different looking people. Like, and you know, so that was the worst thing about it for me was that I like, but also the best thing about it because I was expecting just more like total banality you know like i was expecting it just to be so mundane like most of the other ones but it wasn't so that was both the best thing and the worst thing about it for me (laughs) interesting (laughs) very good cool what about you charlie um i one thing that probably i thought was quite unfortunate was i was quite um Let's put it this way. When I watch a movie that's a follow-on from a lot of things, and it happens in TV shows as well, I often worry about when characters that previously had a lot of depth enter a new movie or a new season of a TV show, and there are new writers, and these characters have a lot of regression. Like, the things that made them unique and special just aren't there. And one thing I have to say I was a little saddened by was Vision, who I thought in... in say what you want about Marvel Age of Ultron I thought Vision as a character was a really interesting addition and he was this he was a multi-civilizational being basically he he was imbued with the power of literally like the Big Bang and and it, and it was turned to into his knowledge and like and, and, and ability to think and that was something that made him like a really cerebral interesting character and 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 one who basically had godlike powers of which we hadn't seen the the scale of you know he was able to grab thor's hammer just like a normal thing and i think one of the bigger regrets i have about this movie is the fact that he not only was regressed into this like literal MacGuffin like he is he is basically the last MacGuffin at the end of the movie and that's all he is he's on an operating table ready to die and and that was a bit of a bummer but not but also that he was just regressed into like being this like 
wimpy love interest guy who was just like, I'm really in love. I don't want to blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It just it didn't work with me. I didn't like it. And I one of the one of the saddest things about it, I think, is like, say what you want about the characters who died in The Purge. They may come back, um, I think. I think they may right, right away into coming the back, uh, bringing them back. But I don't think Vision's coming back. He he had a he had a bad one. Oh, they they won. They one hundred percent will be coming. But back, Vision, for sure. I have, I have, I have, I have uh, reservations yeah, about Vision's ability to come back. Like they gave him a poignant death scene. He had his character kind of not see the ends of what it's his knowledge and power could have been. And I was kind of looking forward to something like that. It was a bit of a shame. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. It's an anecdote that I, I've, I think I told you last week, Charlie. Um, where like uh, last year I went up to the Dandy on King Street and I went um, and saw this like uh, this Iranian film like some some film school friends uh, have dragged me along and I was like oh it's gonna be like you know cerebral it's gonna be emotional I don't wanna, like I can't be bothered getting into it like you know I just want to see some bullshit with the big explosions and veg out because like uh, I hate my life my job sucks and all that sort of stuff and they they dragged me along and so I saw this great Iranian film um, called The Salesman. And it was it's like fucking masterclass of cinema, and like for the for the year leading up to that, or like more or less all I'd ever seen at the cinema had been you know multi, like Marvel movie after Marvel movie, and I and I remember walking out of the cinema after having seen the uh, the salesman, and I was just like, I was just like holy shit, like like that 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 was cinema. That's what cinema is meant to be, like. I felt like for the past year of my life, I'd eaten nothing but KFC, and then I'd just been taken to like a Michelin hat restaurant. Don't you go so, talk about KFC, mate. Get buckets, bro. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. So nah, I didn't mean bad about KFC. Give me, give me money, KFC, <laughs> product placement. No, but what I, meant, what, what I mean is, um, so that's how I felt after all the previous Marvel movies, but I can't say the same about Infinity War. I, f- I felt like all the other ones were sort of like relative lumps of carbon that were just there to sort of, you know, take up some space. And that when they got to Infinity War, there'd been enough sort of like, you know, critical mass reach, they could fucking turn all that, all those lumps of carbon into a goddamn diamond. And I think, and I think they did it. I think they pulled it off. So Zach... (laughs) One question I have for you in particular is would you recommend this to someone who hasn't watched all of the Marvel movies or just isn't really a huge fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, I would I, I would not um, just because so much of its story is uh, is a culmination of, you know, the last, you know, decade of damn Marvel films. So, uh, I, you know, like it is it is it is a good film and it stands by itself. But that said, um, so much of the characterization of the characters, so much of the backstory is so spread out over the previous like fucking 10 films that I think it would be it would be a travesty if somebody saw it without that sort of insight. I think you, to really get the most out of it, you would have had to have seen, you know, at least half of the MCU movies. Because if you went in and, you know, all these new characters were introduced in the last three or four years... It'd be like, you know, going into watching, I don't know, like Return of the Jedi without seeing the first two episodes. And you just, you know, you'd still probably still enjoy the movie, the whole plot of that movie and the characters, but there'd be so much that you would miss out on. Uh, Because if you just saw this movie, Infinity War, without seeing all the other ones, you know, you'd be like, oh, what? 
they've killed Tom Hiddleston and, you know, Idris Elba. Who cares? Who were they? Were they even major characters? Whatever. Who's this green fella? I know he's the Hulk, but obviously he's not that strong because he just got killed by this purple guy or beaten down. Yeah, poor Idris. He lasted like two oh, minutes. I, I had a feeling he wanted it out. Apparently, he did not enjoy having to be in Age of Ultron. He was there for like two minutes. So. <laughs> I know. Apparently, he apparently he hated it. Apparently, he hated being in it and having to be filmed. Oh, it was it was a stupid. It was a stupid scene. Okay, so last question, guys. It is looking to make a good splash in the summer movie period. That is American summer movie period. A good splash didn't just hit like the fucking, you know, the biggest selling movie of all time or some shit. Well, not quite. The biggest opening, yeah. But here's the question. Will it, will it become and beat out Avatar to become the top selling movie of all time? No. Yeah, probably. Maybe. I don't know. I I don't care. (laughs) Andrew, what do you think? If you asked me a week ago before the release, I would have said, yeah, it has a really good chance because the amount of hype and build up for this movie was incredible. But I think when you look at the, you know, highest grossing films, you know, some of them that are up there like Avatar, some of the Star Wars, they all have, you know, happy endings at the end. So people want to go. I know people that have seen, you know, Avatar and Titanic that they saw it at the movies, you know, three or four times at least. Wow. But with with the ending to end. Does Titanic have a happy ending? Well, I don't know. There's a bit of catharsis. Some people it would. Yeah. Some people it would. They meet up at the end. They want to see Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. That's why The Departed did then so Then having well. seen Infinity War, like I still loved it as a movie, but is it going to be like a whole family of four, oh, let's go back and see it two or three times to really get that box office going because it was such a heavy ending where everyone just crumbles away. And so, I yeah, if you asked me a week ago before I saw it, I would have said, yeah, it has a real chance, but I don't think it's got that you know, replay value. I don't think people are going to be rushing back to the cinemas to see it like they have for these other movies. One thing is for certain. If it beats out Avatar and becomes the highest grossing movie of all time, it will be a mammoth achievement. Avatar had a boosted element to its tickets because it was the first, one of the first big 3D, properly 3D movies. So the, the, the money that it made that is part of that total figure is actually because the tickets were something like $3 more expensive than than the ticket next door. So if Avengers manages to beat it out with that deficit, it will be a huge, huge achievement. Look, 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 wait, hang on. I'm, I, I'm a scientist by trade, so I'm just going to go on the numbers here. I'm trying to like, so it's like, it's like what? It's, it's either the biggest or the second biggest so far, like opening, you know, of, you know, all time, whatever. I think it's the biggest of all time now. Yeah, and... I think it's beaten out Star Wars. So yeah, it's it's... It's, yes, but it, it doesn't have that replay value like the other that ones. Might be, that's true, but it hasn't even opened in China yet, which is the second biggest like fucking movie market in the world. And so it's got the biggest it's got the biggest opening in the world without even having yet the second biggest market accessed. Yeah, that's true. We are seeing some huge drop-offs after the opening week or so, which we saw particularly with the DC um, extended universe movies. Uh, of course, that was because of negative press, but there we are seeing huge drop-offs for movies that are even remotely um, polarizing, especially these popcorn kind of movies. Who knows? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that will be the case. But you know, that is something to consider. You're right. That said, with with, with replay value, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't see I wouldn't see Infinity War again necessarily. Like I liked it, but you know, and that said, I saw fucking um, Avatar like three times. So. <laughs> 
this may seem really strange for a guy that hosts a movie podcast, but it takes it tends to take a lot for me to go to a cinema to watch a movie, let alone twice. I considered watching it twice, and I very well may still do it. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to be the one. I've seen a few movies twice recently. I, if it's good, then I want to go back and show somebody. Like I saw Creed twice. I've seen. I think I saw like, um, both the new Star Wars movies twice. Like there's some movies I want to go back and rewatch. Also, I've got I've I've got a qu- I've got a question for you guys that uh, that I've been thinking about because uh, I can think of so many movies um, that were made by siblings that I have loved, and this is like another one, right? So so like I, I was gonna pose the question or have the discussion, you know. Uh, is is modern cinema like you know uh, Pacific Rim Jaeger? Like you know, it's too much cognitive load for one mind. But if you can split it, you can you can you know you can make this behemoth. That is a really really interesting thought, <laughs> particularly something this size. I think it probably depends on the directors themselves. So there's some that would just may work better in a team, like you got the Coen Brothers or the Wachowskis, and now the Russos. I think you've got to you know, almost put them up there with those guys, If especially if Avengers 4 does well. But then, you know, you got other, you know, would you imagine like a like a Spielberg or a, you know, Tarantino or James Cameron, some of these other directors, would they work well in a team? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair counterpoint. Imagine two James Camerons, like twins. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. I think that it's, um yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought. I hadn't thought about that. But could you imagine one person writing all those fake scripts and then writing the real script and then juggling all those actors? I, I just, I think in some ways it, it feels like it should make sense that you can have two people that are so in sync to be able to do the job like, uh, like you said, like a Pacific Rim Jaeger. Now, one thing I want us to touch on, and I think you can't really do a discussion about the Marvel Cinematic Universe without touching on this, but the DC Extended Universe. One thing I think I want to say quickly before we jump in is I think it's actually very important to uh, thing to do when assessing this movie and assessing what it got right and what it got wrong is to remember the other, other equivalent movies within the field. Uh, and I always thought, for example, that Captain America Civil War actually got more acclaim than it probably would have if it hadn't come out like a month after Batman vs Superman and I feel like that equivalence of like the amount of hatred that got thrown at Batman vs Superman's direction and then Civil War came out and people were like well this is how it's done and I remember watching it and thinking well they I don't know I think they really they really skimmed over a lot of realistic things to try to make to try to force Captain America and Iron Man to fight each other that was just my opinion though Unlike Civil War, this movie did not come out so soon after a bad movie. Say, for example... Justice League. Yeah, uh, unlike the Justice League. They didn't come out so soon after that that you can really um, equate the the greatness of this movie to an equivalence factor. But I think it's worth comparing nonetheless. Well, they're both rival companies, so they're going to always be head-to-head. They're always going to be butted next to each other. So that's what they've always done as comic books and even coming into TV shows. Even when Batman's doing really well, they always compare Batman to everybody else. But, like, I was super underwhelmed by Civil War. Like, after, like, 
uh, Winter Soldier is my favorite out of all of them. Out of all the Marvel movies, Winter Soldier is my favorite. And then I was super excited for Civil War because I really enjoyed the comic book and it was really fun and like really good idea. Then that movie came out and I was like, oh, things were all right. It was sort of fine. But after watching Batman vs Superman, oi, I would have taken a colonoscopy. <laughs> so and fucking sat through Batman vs Superman. But I have watched it like three or four times, and I'm like, I'll watch that. I'll watch Batman vs Superman, then Suicide Squad any day. Yeah, I I have to admit I've also watched Batman vs Superman two or three times as well. It is, it, it's it's a guilty pleasure. I don't know why. I don't know. I it's can't a explain it. Train wreck, but it's. Can't yeah, look away. I, I just, I just don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, DC versus MCU. What do you think, uh, uh, Andy? Oh, it, it doesn't compare. <laughs> the way that Marvel set out their whole movie plan, where it's been the same. I believe it's the same uh, casting director that's been involved for the whole decade. Um, Kevin Feige, I think, has been involved from the get go. And, you know, obviously they might not have had it all planned out from the beginning, but they've had a pretty solid plan the whole way. They've built it up for 10 years. Each character, each main character got their own individual movies. They could build it up. And that's why so many people love it. Whereas the DC universe, they had one standalone Superman movie, which was, you know, all right. I don't think anyone thought that it was incredible. And then straight away they started trying to pump them into basically the equivalent of the Avengers where they were saying, oh, let's throw in Lex Luthor, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman all in the same movie. Whereas with the Avengers, the equivalent, that had, you know, several years and many, many movies of build-up. So I think DC just rushed it. And then, you know, that's the result they got. The, the movie wasn't very well received and it hasn't really recovered since then. I don't think it was really planned properly. Can we can we can we thank our lucky stars that at least one of these mega budget billion dollar movie franchises is doing quite well? <laughs> I think that's something. Um, could you imagine? Could you imagine what the state of the cinema would be like now if we didn't have our Marvel movies? I I just oh we'd be having three. It's, 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 we'd have three Star Wars movies a year. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They're both uh, they're obviously both uh, dealing with the same essential premise, which is like you know. Humans with like you know superpowers wearing costumes, and when you're dealing with that essential premise, you've either got to have great characterization to make it work, or it's just got to be fucking funny. And I feel like Marvel's gone 50 50 50 percent characterization, 50 percent humor, and I feel like it's working. I feel like uh, you know Nolan, Christopher Nolan, he went like 90 percent great characterization, 10 percent humor, and it worked. You know the batman uh trilogy was awesome but then i feel like you know the the stuff since then like you know the uh the batman vs superman stuff like that i feel like it's gone it doesn't have characterization or humor it's just gone it's tried to replace both of those with cgi and it's just like a it's just like a mr whippy of shit okay guys so we haven't done this yet on the podcast but i figure it's about time we started having a rating system so on a level of goodness, and the scale is non-credible, the middle one is mildly credible, and great is incredible. Andy, what would you call Marvel Avengers Infinity War? Well, I would give it incredible. Uh, the highest rating there. If uh, I don't, Whenever I see a movie, I think about the context of its genre. Like You're not going to compare it against you know, a Citizen Kane or The Godfather if you're going into a Marvel movie. But I think 
knowing that you're going into a superhero movie, it is, you know, up there. It's very, very good. Alex? Um, yeah, it's good. Like, it's very good. Like, you got to be invested in these characters and who they are. Like, if you're going in cold turkey, you're just, you're going to, you're going to not enjoy yourself. But if you've put in the time and the effort, you're going to enjoy it. So it's, it's good. And Zach? Look, uh, I may or may not have had a split before I, before I saw the movie. So I'm going to give it four out of five Drax the Inhalers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'll go with Incredible 2. I think I'm going to keep it simple. It's a kind of movie that if you... Look, you, you know whether you're going to want to watch it or not. And if you know you want to watch it, you'll remember it. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to the After Credibles, your least credible movie discussion podcast. And thanks to our presenters, Alex, Andrew, and Zach. Yay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You. We hoped you liked the show. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Also, while you're there, please rate and comment us. No reviews next week, but we are going to have some great discussions, including a few fun segments. So please tune in and we'll talk to you then.